Hello and welcome to level 3 of 3 Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. My name is Tom Knight and before I get into this again, this week I just want to say massive thank you again. The first week of 3 Extra Lives, it has been incredible. We're over that 100 download mark. We're on iTunes now, we've been confirmed by Apple. So if you've been checking the show out and you're enjoying it, why not leave the show a review and say exactly what you think. Just empty your mind out onto the keyboard and let me know. I'd really appreciate if you could do that. And just a little update on something I talked about in level two, Lord Winklebottom and its Kickstarter. Unfortunately, it didn't reach its goal, which is really sad, but uh, the solo developer Charlotte Sutherland has come out to say that she's made great contacts and she's had great offers during the time of this Kickstarter campaign. So it's going to let her continue working on the game and she's going to relaunch the Kickstarter at a lower goal and with rework rewards. So I will definitely keep you guys updated about that because the world needs Lord Winklebottom. Okay, on to this week's show. So to start, I'm going to give you some trivia on the way to trivia. Can you guess what awesome Netflix show is coming to a console near you? Why are you keeping this curiosity door locked? We're getting Stranger Things, the video game, for the first time on consoles. We have had a mobile version of Stranger Things before, which featured puzzles and collectible egos, no less. Um, but in this console version, we're going to be able to play as 12 different potential characters in the Stranger Things world. And all these characters are going to have different skills. And it's going to be based on 16-bit animation, but it's going to be running off current technology. So it's going to give you that appearance that it's more old school, but it's running on it's running on technology that's way more advanced than what we were playing on back in the 80s and 90s. Much like how when we watch Stranger Things, it does feel like we're watching a show that was made in the 80s, but it's it's here, it's now, you know what I mean. So yeah, we're gonna have all these different characters from the Stranger Things world, Eleven, Mike, Steve, Jim, Lucas, Nancy, Will, Max, and more. Which one would you pick? I think I'm I think I'm gonna go for Eleven. It's gonna be, it's gonna be hard to match those superpowers, right? This is gonna be available on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, Mac, and PC, so everything's covered. You won't have any excuse to not get on the Stranger Things bandwagon this summer. And I say summer because it's coming out in July 4th, which is going to coincide with the release of Stranger Things 3 on Netflix. So if you love Stranger Things like I do, you're gonna be doubly excited because you're gonna not only have the show, but there's gonna be a video game alongside that as well. And I guess it does get a bit worrying at times when you have a video game based on a TV or movie, but I've looked at the trailers and you know what? This looks like something I would have fired up on my Mega Drive in the early 90s. The isometric view, you're battling various enemies, you're picking up objects, you're solving cooperative puzzles as well. It looks like it's going to be a multiplayer game. So I think it's just a real nostalgia kick, which Stranger Things is all about, right? It it just takes us back to our childhood. It takes us back to yesteryear where we were nurturing our inner geek as well. And I'm looking forward just to everything Stranger Things. It's been a while since we've had the last season. And I just think it's neat that 
they're releasing a video game. All right, trivia time, guys. And I know there was some geography last week that went down. Okay, actually, I got some positive feedback about that, but we're going again. We're going again on some geography. So Stranger Things is set in a small Midwestern town called Hawkins. But what state in the United States is that in? The answer is Indiana. If you got that right, very well done and give yourself an extra life. I found a really interesting Twitter thread the other night by a user called Pirek Lorline. And he's talking about a French singer. Stay with me, guys. Stay with me. He's talking about a French singer called Eddie Ndahu. Back in 1996, when he released his new album at the time called Eden, he released it on two discs. One of those discs was the album with the music on. Another one of those discs was a video game. A video, a music artist releasing a video game alongside his album. That's to me, that's completely unheard of. I, I had never even fathomed that that could be a possibility in this world, but it happened. And this game was created by a small team. Seemingly, it had been lost to the internet. This game, there was no trace of it. Nobody could find it anywhere. It couldn't be downloaded. But one of the original developers who worked on the game, he brought it to this game designer's attention, uh, Pirek. And so, Pirek decided to play through this game. He got it running using a application called DOSBox, which helps you run the older PC games that just aren't compatible with the powerful machines that we have these days. And he started playing through it and he did a bit of a playthrough on Twitter. He made this large thread where he was posting screenshots and some captions for his journey through this game. I just thought it was incredibly interesting that when you think about the year 1996, it's not supposed to feel so far away, but it, it really does now. <laughs> it feels quite a long way for me, so it's over 20 years ago. This was a 3D puzzle adventure. It was completely in French, and you explored this tropical island searching for clues. You would talk to various people on the island, and it actually included a lot of Etienne's family. So he had his mom, his dad, his aunt, various other characters as well, which weren't part of his family, but I actually thought it was quite interesting that he included his dad in this game because Pirek on Twitter goes to say that in this game his dad appears as a soldier and in real life Etienne's dad was someone who abandoned him when he was a child and he was a military man so it's almost using the video game as an art form to explore that connection that he never maybe had with his dad as well. I just thought that was fascinating that he would include that in. There's some random stuff as well, like playing music to bees and <laughs> some other strange puzzles. Remember, we're, we are dealing with a game that's over 20 years old. And I was just looking through the screenshots and I just thought it was really charming that this was actually a thing. There's one particular part of the thread that, that did make me chuckle because Pirex playing through this, he was getting really confused why he had to keep talking to the stone to get information. Like a talking stone, that I mean, that is bizarre, right? Playing music to bees, that's one thing, but talking to a stone, it just turns out that graphically this game, you know, it, it's an old game, but the, the, the stone was, was a turtle, was a turtle, it, it wasn't a stone. But 
yeah, I'm going to post a link to this entire thread over on my website for the podcast in the show notes. And if you want, you can check this out. It's just, it's just something I saw and it was totally unique to me that the concept of a musical artist creating a video game alongside their normal form of art, which is music. And it's just, I just thought it was really cool, really cool thing. And maybe that's the way to getting people to uh, purchase physical music again is is have video games included as well. I know I would definitely be interested if any artist came out and they had a video game attached to their album as well. Unless it was Nickelback, then I don't know. It would have to be a, a darn good game for me to do that. So let's move into trivia time and 1996, which was the year the album I was talking about came out by Etienne Dahou. 1996 was an amazing year for gaming, you know. So can you tell me which female archaeologist made her video game debut in this year also? The answer was the delightful Lara Croft. 1996 was a great year. I can't believe we've had Lara Croft in our lives for that long, but there you go. If you got that right, give yourself an extra life. And finally today, let me just talk about the Game Developers Conference, which took place a couple of weeks ago now. And the GDC, which is known as, usually brings together almost 30,000 attendees to exchange ideas, and they shape the future of the industry. It's the world's largest professional game industry event. And I bring this up because Sean Murray, who is founder of Hello Games and creator of Nomad Sky, which I talked about in level one, he took to the stage to talk about game developing, and I thought it was a pretty powerful talk. He talks a lot about the mental aspects of creating a video game and how he actually reaches a, a real low point in his life once his project is released. I've been lucky enough to work on a lot of very successful games, but I've always found emotionally the lowest point for me in development is releasing a game. So he's had to you know, learn to enjoy the entire process and also guide his team through it as well because he's the, he's the head guy over there. So has to lead by example with what he's doing, with his mentality, with his mindset. He touches on the launch of No Man's Sky, which of course you may or may not know the, the drama surrounding the launch of, of No Man's Sky. It, it didn't live up to a lot of gamers' perspectives. And as a family post-release, we faced uh, some really difficult challenges. Everything that you can imagine from like the worst of the internet, we hit. But he didn't want to focus on that during his talk. He, he's claiming toxicity is controlling a lot of the narrative around gaming. And I would agree that is a very strong point. It's one of the reasons why I made this podcast was to celebrate gaming aspects, to focus on the good things out there and to keep that positive energy flowing. And he mentions about how now in the industry, doing a No Man's Sky is is a good thing. It's you came from a place that wasn't great and now you're this entity which is strong and you've made this comeback and, and people are saying No Man's Sky has made the greatest video game comeback ever. These stories are everywhere in the industry. It's such a cutthroat industry. It's ruthless that one day you could have the best selling game and the next day you you could literally be withdrawing your own personal money to pay your staff. There's lots of stories in the game industry like this, but 
One thing that Sean talks about is celebrating his community during No Man's Sky and it, the reasons to get him out of bed, especially when all this was playing out after the launch of No Man's Sky. There was a lot of negativity in the air, but he knew people were playing the game and he also wanted to right some wrongs. He wanted to keep his team's legacy intact. And something I found interesting as well that Sean claims he drank from the fire hose <laughs> after the release of No Man's Sky and he read every email, tweet, Reddit post. Again, I wouldn't really recommend it, but it, it helped me gain a new perspective. But again, he shielded his team from all this. He didn't want them to take the brunt of this. He wanted them to just do what they do best. I really like the fact that when there was something positive, fan art or messages of encouragement, they set up a Tumblr and they filled that Tumblr with all these positive interactions. He wanted to create a space that his developers could look and see that there's people enjoying this game. It's making an impact on people's lives and that is motivation to carry on. And through all this feedback that they got, the hate, the messages, there was there was constructive feedback there that they, they turned into data and they were able to act on a lot of that as well. When they wanted to say something to the players because there was long periods in Hello Games where they weren't reaching out to players, they weren't making any sort of noise at all. When they wanted to say something to players, they were firmly in the stance of we have to make something and ship it. That will be our way of talking to our player base. Another fascinating point was that he compared game developing to the basic human happiness. And statistically, as life progresses, our overall happiness is supposed to decrease. And he compared this to when we're a child and how life happiness is supposed to be at its, its peak to designing a concept of a game where you're full of ideas and everything's gonna work. And as this progresses, you discover through testing that that wasn't gonna work and the overall happiness starts to drop. And he compared that once he had launched a project, this was in comparison to when his children had left the nest at home. It was that low point which is supposed to happen, which I don't know, I don't have kids. Um, it could be a low point. For some, it, it might be a high point for others. Who knows? But I just thought this was amazing because during this time as well, Sean became a father of three. It was just a reminder to me that these game devs are people too. They have lives, they have things going on outside of their actual job. I think it's easy for us to forget that when we're playing games. We just see the game and it's not like it was made by a bunch of robots in a room. Real people, blood, sweat and tears go into these video games and I just like to take a moment sometimes to think how much work actually goes into these games that are coming out even from the big games to the small indie games because if you have big teams or small teams that there's people there that are you know, giving everything into these games and it's easily forgotten I think when something in a video game comes out and it's not quite as we expected but I just always like to remember that there's real people behind these games with lives and emotions and mental health states and to me it's just important to keep that in mind. And I really liked how Sean signed off this talk with about encouraging people to be innovative and to try and push the boundaries in everything they're doing and I think he sums it up quite well here. We need to ask people to shoot for the moon and if they fail on their first attempt, we need to be there to support them. We really do have to help people shoot for the moon and if it doesn't work out, we got, we got to be there to 
help them shoot for the moon again and keep shooting for the moon because that's what we should be doing. That's, it just makes so much sense that we would support people when things don't work out as expected. And this just really hit home for me. And I'm going to include the full talk that Sean gave in my show notes for this episode as well. And you can tune in and take a listen to it because I thought it was fascinating. It's about 18 minutes long, but I was hooked from start to finish. All right, trivia time. And I was talking about Sean Murray there, but from one Sean to another, Sean Bean, everyone likes a bit of Sean Bean. He starred in which 2006 horror movie based on a popular video game franchise on the PlayStation? It was indeed Silent Hill. If you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. So that brings us to the end of another level of three extra lives. How many lives did you get today? Why don't you let me know over on social media? You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at three extra lives. I love hearing you guys when you tell me the scores you get. Some people get disappointed when they only get one, but these questions are a bit random. Like they say, it's it's only easy if you know them. And I really hate that saying, so I don't know why I've included it in my own podcast. But there we go. Like I mentioned earlier, everything I've been talking about can be found over on my website for this podcast, which is over at 3extralifes.fireside.fm. You can find links to everything I've been talking about here. And I'm just including that all in one nice little bundle. If, if there's something here that's interested you, you want to explore it a bit further, there's going to be links there for you to do that. So that's it, guys, for another week. I will see you all in level four. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.